0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale.
1: Welcome to the Deep Dive. NBA playoffs are afoot, Andy. We are waist deep in the, uh, the NBA playoff waters right now. Uh, it has been a wild ride. I dumped unit after unit. On a Saturday and Sunday, only to start clawing my way back. Uh, finally, kind of feel like I have my feet under me. <laughs> hopefully, uh, before uh, getting, uh, you know, getting getting two in the red these playoffs because uh, I'm definitely having some flashbacks to my game by game play last year was was pretty brutal. Um, so let's uh, let's get into uh, the NBA playoffs today. Let's do a playoff specific podcast. We're not going to you know do lots of predictions and lots of. You know, you know uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the
0: series have already started. so The series about,
1: have already started. I mean, There's, I'll just, yeah, yeah.
0: No, Milwaukee in four. Good,
1: good. Okay, good. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a good look. Um, but like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, uh, it was tough for me at least to get too excited about these round one playoff series. Uh, I thought that the way things broke out was kind of unfortunate in terms of playoff matchups and, and just, you know, head to head matchups that I was excited to see uh and so for that reason we haven't really rushed to get one of these playoff podcasts recorded but here we are uh and we're gonna talk nba today and uh we reached out to um probably uh the guy that i've been very very excited to talk about for a while talk to for a while uh advantage player in the nba um spoon in vegas welcome to the deep Dive.
2: um hi good to be here
1: (laughs) yes um, spoon in Vegas at JT underscore spoon. Is that your handle?
2: Sounds right. Well, I, sounds I, right. I'm one of the people <laughs> <clears throat> I, 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 uh, stalked Twitter for like three years and thought it was stupid and I would never post. So I created a handle in, you know, like five seconds, like, okay, there we go. And now <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing in the world. And nobody's ever. It. <laughs> but, uh, well, yes, I, that is, I, uh, it is in fact JT underscore spoon.
1: Jt underscore spoon. Okay, uh, you provide some very valuable basketball nuggets, in my opinion. Uh, I remember kind of going back and forth with you last year in the playoffs, and kind of seeing some of your, uh, you know, some of your positions that you took, and being number one. It's pretty obvious you are, you know, you are a legitimate whale. Like I go by Whale Capper. It's a nickname I had from college, and it's kind of you know tongue in cheek. It's a joke because I am not by any means a big better. Uh, when it comes to sports at least to this point in my life. Um and but you know here you are swinging away at uh, you know limit bets at some of the you know the bigger bigger uh, sports books in Vegas for these NBA playoff games. Um you know what is some of what what is some of your background in the industry and you you've always been uh into the NBA number first and foremost?
2: Yeah. Um so I grew up in Oregon and the only kind of pro sports we had there was the Blazers so it's pretty easy to like get, I mean, they're so big there that you're just going to like gravitate towards that as you're jumping off point for sports, I guess. But, uh, NBA always appealed to me. So, also, so like, I have no athletic talent whatsoever, but I can like shoot a basketball and, uh, <laughs> I guess, I get. I mean, you have a lot of that, like what you can do interests you too. I, I, I can't play football. I can't hit a baseball, but I can like go outside and shoot a basket. So that was kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, so for, I mean, I like all the sports, but NBA was always like a one for me. Nice. And, uh, how do you get
1: into, uh, you know, how do you get into sports betting as a career? And, you know, how do you, you know, navigate the waters of, of being an advantage player?
2: I mean, uh, so I started out like, I grew up within maybe 20 minutes of two casinos This when I turned 21. And got into the rinky-dink stuff, you know, card counting, playing coupons. Also, I think a lot of people don't know Washington State. It was definitely true at the time. I think it still is. Had the second most casinos of any state behind Nevada. And Jesus. Uh, so yeah, if you were if you were into like these card room low stakes plays, it was actually a great place to <clears throat> develop your game. In the early 2000s, you know, you have like these $100 limit games. So they didn't appeal to Tommy Highland and the MIT team. You know, it's just like the local group of a dozen people. You'd see them all at the same promos. And I guess they, I guess it kind of went to sports betting. This is back in the day of Neteller and like 200 different sports books. Uh, off yeah, four. yeah, yeah. You know, you, I would, you know, like, so it was mostly not, I, well, there's no advantage on the bets, but it would be, you know, like, You'd open a you'd deposit 2,500 bucks at WSEX and get a $500 <laughs> bonus with like a 2X yeah. rollover. Yeah. And then yeah. like I have my net teller <laughs> and then my roommate has net teller. And so I spin it over, get it to me, put the money into his net teller, send it right back. You know, you're just spinning over the same money over and over <laughs> yeah. and over into like a hundred books. I did it on a very small scale. I mean, I didn't have a ton of money. It was just me. I had. Like my my dad, me, my roommate, and another friend, you know, I mean, I think I formed that Teller accounts. But some of these guys that I knew from like that low stakes casino grind, you know, they they had hundreds of names and, you know, were just, and, and then, you know, you could branch into the same theory with like slots and video poker with low rollovers. And you know, I know guys that just absolutely crushed. But how that got into yeah going going then, back uh, to that yeah
0: the the roll yeah the rollovers so like the whole Jesus the the my bookie bullshit from last week where I mean Grant like also know what you're getting into like read the fine prints. Grant like 25 times rollovers I'm not condoning that but it's it clearly says that's what it is so if you don't like 25 times rollovers this is who you can thank. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the of course. Stuff. I mean, and yeah. it, it was it was it is what it is. It was it was an advantage play. I mean that the the two times rollovers from like fifteen years ago. I mean that's why they don't have them anymore because you, you get a you get a
2: twenty five percent uh like play with two extra and then the, they'd also have the reload bonus. So like I'd open an account, oh, I would yeah, win, get the money, give it to my roommate. He loses. And then they offer you like a 25% reload bonus. And I mean, yeah, they were giving away the farm. And this is like WSEX and Bowman's and VIA. I mean, there is every sports book under the sun before they all, well, they all went out of business because they didn't know what they were doing. (laughs) For for, four reasons exactly like that. And of course, uh, you know, Black Friday, UaGia, all that garbage. uh, Yeah, Pretty much killed it all. And you were always running a risk. I mean, I got stiff for a few thousand here and there and then when net teller went down i had like you know half my money in it and everybody's freaking oh. out but luckily I, I ended up getting like net teller wasn't net teller was trying to be a, a legitimate business concern so i wasn't worried about getting paid out if it was one of those sketchy ass books then that would have been different but mm. uh yeah th- things worked out in that respect um but actually like winning on sports bets was my first exposure was like mid 2000s when there were still 30 or 40 different sportsbook operators here in Nevada, and I mean I, I hate to admit it because it's so sad, but no, we were just me and like a friend of mine were just steam chasers, you know like sure. pinnacle was still the ans- pinnacle is the answer key, you know they had a six on the game and you could get seven at parables which was independent or plaza or yeah you know print you could bet correlated parlays at prim for 300 bucks <laughs> yeah yeah the, well not no the, not the one with the roller coaster but the one with the uh with the the one the whiskey whiskey jacks or whatever. yeah and you could go in and the first oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. football season and but the thing was i think there was two of them they were the same book but they were in like two of the hotels so in the one you'd go in and bet like all the favorite to the over and then you go across the street and then do all the unders with the dogs, you know, Oh, Ohio State <laughs> playing Akron, you know, you just have both sides of these. 4 There are 300 bucks, no but I mean, way. those first couple of weeks of college football, you you get like 20, oh, 20 games that qualify to have both sides. I mean, you're just making thousands to uh, to go out and <laughs> do And, uh, you know, it's won a lot of money on teasers also. I mean, you were still getting like the good teaser prices at the books and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that Forks. that was really my foray into coming out of the books with more I went in, but there was no like winning handicapping or beating minus one ten straight bets for any significance other than the scheme chasing. It was a bad minds. Huh? Oh, and uh yeah, so it took, incredible. Took, like, it's it's yeah it's gonna five if you
0: if you can't bet correlating parlays anymore, here's a here's a
2: reason why well yeah well yeah, of course just, just be, I like, times, yeah exactly so, so this was like the easiest thing in the world it didn't take any skill and then i got you know like i thought oh you know uh when these plays started drying up i was like well now i'm just i not, i'm so sharp i'm just gonna go ahead and oh, yeah. fire into uh yeah you know like sharp books because i'm such a winner and you know i lost like <laughs> 60% of my money in a span of a year you're waiting for things to turn and it was yeah. like okay so you're like variance uh, yeah, yeah there's a lot a lot of negative Bet- betting on uh <laughs> betting on baseball you know like i don't know yeah. what's going on there but you know i'll just do that why not and, uh, yeah that, oh, did, that did not work out well took about four to five years uh away from the sports betting game uh you know rebuilding my scattered bankroll and uh away from sports but uh ultimately a few a few strokes of good luck a little bit of dedication and uh got back into it and i guess it's worked out
1: nice man wow oh, that's a, it's an incredible story um do you i mean i just yeah. got yeah it's funny like how you you've
0: despaired yourself as far as the like the betting the parlays at the at the core correlated parlays like that sharp book and or even just betting both sides at a sharp and a, a dull book like that but they I mean, screw handicapping when they're offering something that easy oh yeah like it, you can take the house it's just kind you. of absurd. absolutely it's like, people, it's like people who just get into get into soft prop markets and stuff like yeah why why bang your head against the wall if you have a, a nice stream of income
1: Oh yeah, DG I mean, we just heard. Uh, I just listened to Joey Nish on betting the betting pod yesterday, and like his attitude was so great. Like, I just love it. Like, you know, like he's in it because he wants to beat the book on those like small props, and, and that's what it is. And we're gonna talk to Joey on uh, on Monday actually about the NFL draft. So pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nice little run for the deep dive pod. We got some, uh, we got some nice, uh, nice little guests here. Um. So out of curiosity, um, at this point in your life, is is advantage play? You know, like I mean most of what you're doing is out of the world realm of sports betting and then sports betting is, is fun. Or would you say that the, the um you know, the, the the income you can make is a reasonable supplement to what you can do across
2: all types of, all forms of betting? Mm, oh, it's almost entirely sports betting. Mostly. Oh, wow. well, well, I mean, it's, it's lifestyle driven. I, you can bet just on your compete. On your, i mean i live in las vegas but very little of my betting is here because like the books are not they don't take big bets you know contrary sure to, sure yeah perception they put out there and uh, yeah when you're just you know clicking on your paper heads or anything else you have out there it's like you can do it from anywhere and like there aren't yeah you know, i mean what what new plays I, i'm not going to fly to wisconsin or albuquerque or something for like oh you can play this uh there's a good there's a good count game down here you can make a thousand dollars a day like okay that's awesome but i'm not <laughs> flying to i'm not i'm not rounding up the money and flying sure. to the indian reservation in baraboo to uh you know go fire away at the home. ho-chunk, oh, man, Ho-Chunk casino <laughs> <laughs> how, you,
0: how does you know ho-chunk
2: <laughs> i've played there dude i'm dude. telling you man i've You're been living there I know. It. Was, I remember it was it was like whatever the big festival in the Wisconsin Dells was. Uh, it was a, I stayed at Motel Six for like one hundred nineteen dollars a night in in Baraboo. I felt like I really got ripped off. Oh yeah, it's called Wajawa. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that's,
0: that's
2: actually that's a mean, fun little casino. There's uh, you know, there's always. I mean, yeah, if I got a hot tip that you know there's some crazy, just like free money giveaway. For huge money, like okay, I'll still go. I'm I'm not crazy, but the, as you get older and uh, better at one thing and wealthier, you just like I'm a number of things that I'm going to sacrifice my uh, free time. You know, like I just like doing what I do, and I'm not going to go hang out. I just don't like hanging out in you know in casinos and dealing with their yeah. with their BS. I've I've been 86. I've been falsely imprisoned. I've been uh, I've had my money stolen by cops. Uh, you know, you name it, I dealt with it and like, who needs to deal with this? So, oh
1: man, you ever been to one-eyed jacks, uh, up in Wisconsin? I mean, in uh, Washington.
2: Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were talking <laughs> about the one-eyed Jacks from uh, oh. Twin Peaks. But... <laughs> that
1: was what. That was that was what I was. Yeah, that was what I was joking about. Yeah. No, oh the, Jesus, um, <laughs>
0: that's
2: not real.
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's based on a real place, but I don't think that it actually is called one-eyed Jacks. But the, these stories are freaking awesome. Okay, so so if you're if you're mostly uh, if you're mostly doing sports now, are you? Would you say you focus uh, generally on? Um, Uh, NBA and uh, college basketball, or do you have like a full, you just, you hit whatever, wherever you can find an edge on the board, you're, you're getting after it.
2: Uh, For me, it's WNBA and NBA. Got it. it. Uh, Like things that I, I, I personally am like interested in. I I will bet the other sports. I, I don't know that I only based on, you know, I mean, I know lots of people, I get tips and touts and this and that. Uh, you know, somebody—if somebody I know to be a college football expert tells me they like a game, I'm, I'll bet on it. Uh, but like actively, it's just—it's just the NDA mostly, and not—not not college basketball. I—I couldn't handicap my way out of a paper bag on college basketball.
1: Was that not your play on Virginia? I thought that really was you. It was?
2: Oh yeah, I, so can, okay, I okay.
1: Well, tell tell you okay by by all means, uh, you know, t- take some of the glory of. Uh, of- that absolutely stone cold never in doubt no sweat Virginia won the national title.
2: <laughs> I mean you knew after the the years of chokes that when they finally when they finally shipped it it was going to be the most ridiculous title run uh, ever I mean no that's, so so if you ask me like yeah. who's gonna like make a line on the Virginia NC state you know game in, in the ACC tournament i I mean I can tell you within five points like, I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, yes yeah. that yeah, was yeah, that same
1: yeah
2: i mean when i made it they were the they were number one rated in Ken palm and i don't i think they only had the one loss at duke by like two you know maybe then another loss i, I don't follow that. and so it's like you know most of the time when you get when you're betting these futures you know like all the value of course is on the crazy long shot and if you tell me you know seat in the hall is a uh, 250 to one but they should be uh 200 to one so you have this one eh, percent, eh, like that's all awesome, but the best never going to win. Sure, you're spending most of your time developing, you know, like a hedging strategy or anything else because, like, okay, it's it has value, but it doesn't win. And this was one of the only times. I mean, so so yeah, I mean, somebody pointed the bet out to me. I, I'm not shopping the MGM college basketball futures book <laughs> in, the, in the week before the Super Bowl, but somebody's like, they got twelve to one on Virginia and, you know, the fair price is way less. And I'm looking at, like, yeah, Ken Palm, number one. They're going to be a one seed, almost a lot. Like, Duke, you could bet Duke at plus 250 or Virginia at 12. And, like, the only reason is because Duke <laughs> has the aura of success and Virginia has the choker later. And Zion, yeah. distinct, distinct That, has, that yes, has, right. has no yeah, predictive yeah. value yeah. whatsoever. Not and I right. think I even yes. – Yeah. And I think a friend of mine actually told me, I, mean, I, I believe you was telling the truth. It's like I, Pinnacle has a two-way market, and it was minus ten fifty on the no. So I mean, it was
1: yeah, like, scalpable yeah. on its face. Yeah, yeah, it was scalpelable. Oh yeah, of course, for sure. For
2: so sure. as much as I would love to, you know, take no, a victory like, lap, the, like I, <laughs> I projected forward, and I have this awesome model, and I had Virginia winning it. Like, I, like no, I mean they're just the, they're at, they are if not the best team, co-best. You know, I mean they're they're a legit shot to win this. They're undervalued because of their losing to whatever that umbc and it's scalpable so i'm yep. just gonna go ahead and bet it and did worry you, about it
1: later yeah did you end up scalping at the time or at the beginning of the tournament when they were like six to one
2: no oh wow no, oh. i thought i thought they were gonna oh. i thought they were gonna win uh, oh. so so i did have the only thing that came up i had a uh you know this wasn't a vegas day situation i the only other future I, I know i didn't have the whole board
0: the only other feature I had
2: was Purdue. I had Purdue. I had Purdue at 50 to 1, which isn't interesting, except for the fact they got paired with Virginia in the Elite Eight. So if yeah. I was looking to get off of it, like it was only important because you I basically had like this free square. Like the Elite Eight was just it didn't really matter who won. I wanted Virginia to win because they're more likely to shift. But it didn't matter. So getting that like free advance through the Elite Eight, then it get to I I mean I wasn't worried about Auburn. I'm like, if they there is seven, what the six, six and a half point favorite. Like if they, I'm getting 12 to one on a six and a half point favorite, like if they lose, I'll, I'll deal with it, but I'm not going to edge on this game.
1: Right on. So your total ROI for oh, that's, a good, that's a good point about good. the
0: Seton Hall thing, like that Seton <laughs> Hall example, you know, that how many people did you have? I don't know if you had as many, maybe cause I dealt with some college basketball. I had a shitload of DMs about edging. Oh, because yeah, I, sure. I have this, you know, you know, I they're two hundred to one, I got them in the sweet sixteen. What should I do to hedge? I'm like, yeah, fuck you can't. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, like, you need got wins. you got a great number. Yeah, you need you need four more wins. You can't edge yet. Even some of the people once they got to the elite eight with uh God, who was it? Houston. I think Houston only needed three more wins. It's like I had seventy-five to one. But like, yeah, that's still pretty good, but like you're you're dicked at this point. You need him to win more. Yeah. And
2: yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't think maybe that, that I is don't the know strategy. That, uh, I don't know that people in general like realize how like getting 300 instead of 250 percentage wise is like, you'd rather get plus I'd rather get 12 to one on a team that should be eight to one. It's four, you know, basis points instead of 50, but it's a bigger edge. Like you don't, you have to realize the actual frequency that the bet wins is extremely important. Not, you know, like a bet's going to win one in a million and you're getting a trillion to one, like, well, congratulations. But like the bet, has not that much value because it just doesn't ever win. Yeah. It's like when the lottery it's like when the lottery is theoretical theoretical positive EV and it's like, what is your actual uh you know Kelly bet on the lottery when the Powerball's a billion it's like a one cent or something because it just doesn't ever win. (laughs) Who cares if it's yeah, it's mathematically positive EV, but when you can't ever win, you still really can't bet on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh no I I I totally got that with his I think it was his Houston bet. It was, you know, if you got eighty to one or whatever, and maybe they win this tournament one out of thirty times, like that's super. Unfortunately, they're not going to play this tournament thirty times, like yeah. so. So that's just that's how it goes. And I ended up, I had Gonzaga. I was pretty pissed about that not getting further at least, but I ended up taking Virginia after the first weekend at like four and a half to one. And I just said, I'm just said, I'm just. It's not a big enough bet. It's not a big enough number. I'm never gonna hedge. But God, that was as far as future bets giving you heart attacks. It was, it was a lot of fun in that, right? Okay, every well, freaking game. Well, we won't we won't spoil
1: we won't spoil it and and say how much your bet on Virginia was for. I'll just say if you're curious, and we haven't mentioned it on purpose, by all means go and check the David Purdom's, uh timeline uh, around the Super Bowl for uh, when reports were being made on big bets that were being made. Uh, if you are curious, um, and I, you didn't post about it, did you? Other than just kind of noting that he, Purdom was using your action as news. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he like posted two of my bets in the span of a week. Oh, I think he has me muted, so I'm just like this fucking guy, like uh, <laughs> stealing my content. But then, like I'm part of the gambling Twitter Twitter sewer, and uh and then I I think I alluded to when Virginia was down 16, the Gardner Webb or whatever, I just had like a yeah, little yeah. gun to head emoji, like yeah. okay, you know,
1: yeah, 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 this is yeah. How that's yeah. gonna go okay so people can put, people can track it down if they're curious okay cool um all right so you have an infinity roi in college basketball but that's not your best sport got that um nba let's talk a little nba that's why I really really why, why we want to kind of get you involved here because um i'm curious number first and foremost well i guess I'll, I'll go a little background first uh i've i am not at like I don't have a personal connection to basketball. I never played, played basketball in the winter. I, you know, I was, I, my, my uh, sport growing up was swimming. Uh, I didn't play really any uh, team sports other than soccer. Uh, and, um, and I definitely don't have like a good grasp on like the game of basketball. Like, for like I'm, Diligently, like, listening to, like, Nate Duncan podcasts and, like, uh, you know, other basketball coaches, True Hoop, read True Hoop stuff and try to, like, understand basketball better because I just don't have it innately. Uh, And I kind of back, you know, I kind of stumbled into betting the NBA because, like, I got sick and tired of, like, uh, not, yeah, I got sick and tired of college basketball and I needed something to kind of fill the gap, you know, just kind of because I was a degenerate gambler Uh, and fill the gap when there was no NFL going on uh, and the NBA was like, uh, Oh man, there's a lot of games you can put together a numerical model. You can try to, you know, you know, capture value this way and along to, you know, over a, a much bigger sample than NFL. This is cool. I'll get involved. Uh, and my first couple of years doing it were really rough. Like I was not a very good modeler of NBA. I was using the very most basic kind of approach to it. And so most of the games that my model w- were identifying were games where there was some, widely known information that I was not capturing in the model. And so I would be like, well, yeah, this game should be, you know, Toronto minus four, but it's actually Toronto minus eight. Therefore there's value on the dog. Uh, But it was because, you know, the, you know, the, the dog had their, you know, their top player was going to sit. So, you know, I, like, I just took a bath uh, over the first couple of years betting the regular season. And I was like, why am I even doing this? Um, But when the playoffs rolled around, like I, I knew a little bit, of like team tendencies i knew a little bit of coaching tendencies i knew kind of relative strength of teams better just from following and kind of keeping up with the model on a week you know day-to-day basis and so you know playoffs rolled around and like the entire script got flipped like i wasn't struggling i wasn't like you know like all of a sudden all the numbers fell into place everything was you know the board was lighting up i was just like wow this is awesome And I was like, okay, this is because like I spent all, you know, I paid all this tuition regular season to understand these teams and now I've got it all down, you know? And so for two years, it was literally like an inverse like this where I just got washed in the regular season and did phenomenally well in the playoffs game by game. And then last year was the first year where I finally kind of put it together regular season. I had my first non-losing season betting the NBA in the regular season. And I was like, Okay, now here comes the payoff. Like, I'm just going to do great in the playoffs. Uh, And I could not find an edge to save my life. I have no freaking clue what happened to me in, like, rounds one and rounds two. I got washed so hard. And if I hadn't gotten extremely lucky on some series bets that I was, you know, that I had out there, I would have just completely dumped my bankroll in the NBA playoffs game-by-game betting last year. Uh, And so now my head is completely spun. Like I don't, I don't understand how to transition appropriately from game by game handicapping in the, in the regular season to the, to the playoffs. Uh, and I, I, I mean, part, part of me this weekend, for sure, I was thinking, like, do I just take the rest of the playoffs off? Like, I just don't have an edge on this anymore. Um, is, does any of this ring? Yeah, you were
0: straight up going to quit. You were depressed. It was, I was sad. I,
1: I was close, for sure. I, I mean, does, does any of this ring to your experience betting the NBA uh, that you effectively are talking about two different sports between the regular season and the playoffs?
2: okay <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have I have what is probably the minority uh unpopular opinion amongst basketball uh, gambling twitter sharps or whatever like the playoffs are efficient and too tight like I totally disagree. I think the playoffs if you are not like world class or whatever, but you know like you like betting on basketball, you're gonna have better opportunities to pick stuff off in the playoffs let me let me play this way if you see a uh, two point move on the side in a like bulls suns game uh if you're fading that you're not gonna win like, Absolutely nobody agreed 100 nobody agreed. there's there's and you know you you see like a narrative driven oh you know the line's moving up, the public moving that line like no that that line move is a hundred percent People that win or think they win are like an educated yes. bet. Nobody, a, there's no yeah. interest in that game whatsoever. Some advantage originator uh, played that and moved it. That is, I 100% oh, agree course. with
1: you. 100% agree. Or yeah.
2: or, or, or you're going to find out, uh, you know, 10 minutes before tip, Devin Booker's not playing or something. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's- yeah, uh, one
1: of the two. You, you, yeah, 100% agree. Yes, one of the two. It's you're
2: you you're, you're fading a winner or it's information. <laughs> yeah. there, there, yes. There is no, yes. you know, the, the public's not getting off work and firing on on the Suns uh, Mavericks game. Like, no. Yes, uh, and percent and you just saw it yesterday with that Blazers Thunder game. Like game one, you lay Blazers three, and it op- and So you get your zigzag, and it opens two in game two. And by post, the Blazers are a dog. Uh, why? <laughs> yeah, yes. The Thunder have to win. The Thunder have to win the game. Like, okay, but Portland kind of has to win too. Uh, do you think the Blazers won game one because they quote wanted it more? Com- it- oh God, the narratives are horrible. Zigzag yes. is a real thing. The team that yeah. loses—I mean, a team that loses game one does overperform in game two. That's why it opened two. I mean, if you're smashing Thunder pick, you are making just a ridiculously bad bet. You could have had two for the two the two days that it was open before. And and you saw that yeah. last year the the Bucks Celtics in the first round it was, uh, you know, this this wounded well, Celtics team that beautiful. nobody liked. They yeah. lay four and a half in game one. They Win in overtime, like miracle cover, and game two comes out and it comes out like four, three and a half, four, and it, the Celtics close plus one at Chris. I mean, uh, what? <laughs> and I remember I was in a, yeah. I remember I was in a hotel room, so I mean I don't have like a ton of equipment with me, and I am I I want to bet you know just like bombs away on the Celtics here, and you're like in the regular season something ha- something is up, like somebody's out, somebody died i mean what in the world <laughs> and i'm going on i mean i'm like trying to click any resource i have with me in this hotel room like why is this the celtics i mean aside yeah, yeah, it's steaming yeah. like five percent in the hour before the game and i can't find anything they're on the court warming up the celtics good players such as they were because you know hayward and uh, Kyrie are out but you know like all the rest of the guys are in uh I don't know, so I'm like, okay, I'll just—I feel like I'm falling into the trap. I'll just fire on the Celtics here at max bet, and they win the game by like 20 points. I'm um, so yeah, unbelievable. And, and you're seeing it also with these totals corrections, where so that so the totals go eight no to the under in the game ones, and game twos come out four points, five yeah. points adjusted. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's kind of your job to figure out like so, like the Orlando-Toronto series, pretty legit. I mean. That's a series where they're going to play slow defensive teams, yep. not good offenses. Yep. The coaches are happy to play it, but some of these other ones were just absurd. Shoot. Uh, Orlando like, was so lucky
1: it... to get 104 points in Game One. Like they they made every freaking three, and some of them were absolutely horrific shots. Like there's that that yesterday's under on that Toronto uh, uh, Magic was like the one kind of. Kind of game dreams are made of like that that was so great, but anyway, go
2: ahead yeah I'll, I'll take my chances that Michael Carter Williams isn't gonna exactly exactly exactly
1: exactly like why is, Brooke, is not you know doing why that are yet.
2: Brooklyn in Philly or golden state I mean golden State clippers game one was an over bet, and then game two it comes out all these you know totally adjusted it's just yeah. uh and I you know you're getting like these one game over if if Dallas plays like the uh the kings and the pelicans back-to-back in the regular season and both games score 260 points because they're playing the two highest-paced teams in the league well if they're playing the grizzlies the next game the total doesn't go up by like five points because the mavericks are on yeah. a run of overs it's it's yes. like you've got this huge sample you know what these teams do but for some reason in the playoffs they play a game that goes over by 20 and like boom totals up five points
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: and uh I, and, and yeah. to that I, I i'm gonna say like i feel like The openers are probably pretty tight, but I think the moves you're going to have far more – and don't fade every move, but they're definitely more – you see the move 20 minutes before post. Yeah, squares are getting off work. The game's about to come on. They're going to bet, and I think you're going to see a lot. And, you know, you're not worried about load management, surprises, that sort of stuff. You know what you're getting. Those late-line moves are (sighs) often driven by – the uh, mythical public money. So I do think <laughs> uh, yes. that you're going to have a lot more <clears throat> kind of opportunities in the playoffs. And again, that runs counter to, I know what some people believe playoff markets too efficient, too tight, too big. Pinnacle's got a blue circle. Can't possibly have an edge ever.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I let think- me, let me, let me, uh, let me piggyback on that because I could not agree with you more. Uh, the playoffs and, and, and it, the, 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 uh The NBA and NHL playoffs are kind of both stuck. They are both in this exact same situation, which exists almost in no other sport, which is you have presumably four to seven games, two teams playing each other over and over and over again. And you they have to be somewhat faithful to the priors. Right, which means they can, if they're going to make adjustments, they have to be somewhat reasonable. If you know, if they make an over adjustment, it's relatively straightforward to spot it. And yeah, just like you said, like there are, there's an entirely different marketplace who's betting into these games than the regular season. And if you just, if you say, okay, fine, you know, people, people are out there beating the drum like the the market is too efficient. The market is too efficient. Go look at the average, um, the. The median. Go look at the median uh, uh, delta, the, the median margin of victory against the spread or against the total in the playoffs versus the regular season. It's almost double. Like they they legitimately like things are happening in game uh, that are completely you know outside of the scope of a normal 60 minutes of basketball are being played last night's Toronto uh, magic game was a great example of this where the fourth quarter 30 point margin game is over. Like there's no fucking chance in the world that those two teams are going to go out and give you an average offensive efficiency and average pace in the fourth quarter of that game. Like It's just not happening. And so, and, and sure enough, there's like 40 points, you know, 38 or 30, 30 something points scored
2: in the I fourth I think quarter. it was like 30. I you remember know? I, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I was second half under, and it was like, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh,
1: 16, they came out. Yeah. They both <laughs> came, quarter right. Exactly. They both came out and bombed in the third quarter, and then the game was out of reach, and they just packed it in. And like, guess what? Like these two teams have to play each other again in a couple of nights. There's no way that you know, like Orlando is going to you know be out there with their freaking you know front line, like trying to run their dynamic offensive sets, or if they even have them. I'm not sure Orlando does. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know that you know they're yeah. not going
0: to be. <laughs> putting their Orlando best Orlando's out money. there. I know. We can't Orlando's shit on the Orlando Magic after amazing. all they've done for us. I know that was. So, I do. I do was, like the point about that of was, a was, low such, low was so damn important. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe that's eat, why yeah. I like the and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't into a ton of it yet. I like to slowly dip my toes in, and I've been busy with other stuff. The Masters was took a lot of our time, but the the load management thing, and I, I just feel like you don't have to pay as attention as much. And there, sure. You know, there's fewer teams, and you don't have all the horse shit they have during the regular season with the load management and the the travel being funny. It, it seems like there's less <clears throat> i don't know unpredictability the unpredictability factor goes down by a bit and you know like spoon said with the the overreactions like they're they're quick to spot because it's not it's not going from, like, a, a high-paced team to a low-paced team. You're going to play the next the, the next game against the same team. The same teams, often in the same building with the same players and everything, like, an overreaction or an underreaction can be can be pretty quickly spotted, I think, especially with totals. So it is kind of – it is a completely different game. And, and I don't know, like, maybe you guys have an opinion on this. I think maybe that is just kind of – I think you uh, – The playoffs a there. being
2: – i think you get my key like so in the regular nfl playoffs
0: are difficult as shit
2: (laughs) well in the regular season in the nba a lot of what you're i mean it's uh, a lot of your edge is coming from understanding how much all these various spots are worth they're on a back-to-back they're playing here they're doing this They're high scoring team the low scoring team this guy's out how much like individual player value value over replacement like even if you know you'll see, okay, uh, X, Y, Superstar X is out tonight, and then the market totally overreacts. You might have yeah. value on the team without Giannis or whoever, or the opposite direction. They they, they don't factor in. It's like you, you have a lot of unknowns. You're trying to price them. Uh, schedules are wonky. I mean, I actually think, like, I did a lot of betting based on some of those uh, rest spots. So when I see you with your, like, fatigue factors, <laughs> I actually think that. that that's you're actually on to something. Getting, that's getting something. You, you th- th- that,
1: I back-tested it. It's not worth a, 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 a damn thing. We're throwing it all away.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to, like, uh, <laughs> <The secret. laughs> especially, no, especially home team rest is, like, something that was kind of uh, overlooked in, in a lot yes. of spots. Yeah, I agree. Like agreed, agreed, agreed um okay um, so yeah so, so so regular season you have all those variables playoffs like you know who's playing nobody has a rest edge no, none of this stuff and that's why i say kind of like your open or you know your your opener that gets fed into for a few minutes you know like what your your 8 a.m line the next day is actually probably about as tight or sharp as it's really going to need to be and after that it's just noise like fade that shit when it moves yeah point and a half yeah. i love it I love
1: it. Okay, so uh, let me lay out a little philosophical. Yeah, the, the median noise. Got. Well, well, yeah, done
0: what we just talked about earlier in the week, the, the narratives or like, what going back to Bazzola's point on hockey or anything with the, the media narratives, like, and what Spoon just said, if, if the, you can just fade that you fade that narrative, if it's, if it's a false narrative, it's an overreaction move. Like those get stronger and those get louder because there are fewer games and it's the playoffs and everything's amplified. And I think that's where some of the overreactions and the over the moves that get, you know, it's overblown. Overblown narratives are just so much more, you know, so much more noticeable and and just bigger in the playoffs. Especially as you go in further and further, where you get fewer and uh, fewer and fewer teams as you get down to the finals. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: can I ask an opinion question, Spoon? Uh, narrative that was the most commonly circulated today had to do with the officiating crew in Boston uh, and the fact that Tony Brothers and company. Uh, the Celtics have lost eight straight playoff games with them as the, uh, with, with brothers and as the head official. And, um, you know, they've gone under in every single Tony brothers game as well. Uh, is, do you pay attention to referees at all? Uh, or is that literally just filling a, a void of, we need some reason to, to get people to get action on this game?
2: I don't think there's a right answer. So some, I mean, sometimes it can. I I'm not, I can't dismiss it. Like if you were on the uh, Billy Kennedy hates Doc Rivers train, you printed oh. because he really because oh, yes. he really did. Oh yes. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> you, can, oh, yes. if you were like,
2: oh, this is just noise. Uh, no, because they cover. I, what was it? Eighteen, twenty straight games that like his teams didn't cover because he absolutely hated him. You no, know, for because like <laughs> yeah, he had a, yeah. some anti-homophobia <laughs> remark or whatever, and it was like, okay, well now you're never gonna win another game that that ref until. Yeah. It got to the media and the NBA is like, hey, call the game or don't, you don't get their games anymore or whatever. Yeah, and, you right. know, obviously you, you can make the same uh, Tim Donahue stuff or whatever. I mean, uh, it exists in spots. I The problem is you can't apply it after the fact. Oh, sure. they uh, – there was that – well, there was that other – there was a weird streak with Scott Foster where, like, the road team had won – God, it was a lot of games. I remember I went to a playoff game in Toronto. Scott Foster is the ref the road team wins, and of course all these rapper fans are like, oh, of course they won, Scott Foster, road teams won uh, 15 straight. Is that noise? Is it not? I can't just dismiss it because it has been, sometimes it's true. You don't want to fade those Billy Kennedy games, uh, but sometimes it's, you know, stuff happens in the span of 10 games. Is, it, is there a reason to think that Tony Brothers, hates, Why why would they all go under?
1: Yeah, that's a mystery to me, especially because, like, you would think, like, oh, more. They went under, like, 20 a game, too. Yeah, yeah, they weren't it wasn't even close. And I, I was shocked, actually, because I, because. I, you know, I played the under completely in a vacuum. I never, never look at the referees, like, because I, I, I have no, fu- I have no database, like, and like you see or hear a little piece of da- you know, information like that, and my gut says, oh, this is noise, not data, and like this is just going to influence the market to move in the wrong way, probably, if it's going to do anything. Uh, but then I looked it up, and I was like, holy shit! Like, every one of these games went under. Like, how's that possible? And I, I actually, I had, I had to like test it out, like. Like okay, these are refs that call a lot of personal fouls. Like
2: I was gonna say, I mean, to some extent, you have to be able to. I mean, if you have confidence in z scores or your own ability to figure out how much of this, at some point, it's not noise. How how confident? I would don't ever bet on just a stupid Mm -hmm. trend. Like the Jazz have lost six straight with this ref tonight, so I'm gonna bet on the Rockets. I mean, that's ridiculous. But if you have, because that was going around for the last night, yeah. Yeah, the and then nonsense. it's like you have the side side and total data that's extremely strong in one direction, and I mean, uh, is it is it actionable? Do you want to get in there? Yeah. Maybe maybe you want to lean pacers and under, and if you get an extra half point or, you know, reduced big somewhere, you might be willing to take a shot. That's great, great. You know, as yeah. or like, I, I, I can say I would, if, if you know that, maybe you'd never bet on Boston. Yeah, and then if you get a a good a good situation, you know the Pacers get steamed up at some you know Bovada or whatever, and uh, now go ahead and take a shot. It's probably a you know can't really be a bad bet. It might be a great bet. Yeah, I like.
0: Yeah, maybe that's the point too. It it doesn't have to be actionable, but it can be keeping you off a bet. Yeah, you know, or sure. or to the point of maybe maybe don't don't have to take everything trend whatever you want to call it as gospel, but don't be you know maybe we shouldn't be so dismissive of, of trends that you know might have the tiniest bit of predictiveness to it or whatever the word we'd be looking for there. But I think you, it, it can goes to the point apply? of like doing doing some back testing and figuring out if there is you know a deeper seated reason for for any sort of trend like that to see if it has any predictiveness going forward.
2: Yeah. I mean, apply, apply those terms correctly. I mean, uh, a trend is the team when they wear the blue uniforms has covered like <laughs> nine straight. Okay. Total garbage. That's clearly
1: uh,
2: <laughs> Yes. 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 The trend, exactly. But, not, yeah. <laughs> but then you get some people that are just like incredibly dismissive of things that may have predicted. If you oh, have a database, you have a lot of info, and you can find in these spots teams just chronically underperform across you know multiple teams, multiple conference, all yes. anything. Yes. Like in this spot, these teams never. I guess I should say if you can, uh, it's kind of like if you can have a thesis and then apply the data to get the outcome, then that's I. I if if you could never predict that the Pacers cover in the blue uniforms because that wouldn't make if it's how it so happens they do that didn't make any sense. But if you could say teams you know in, in X Y Z spot and then you apply it and it actually turns out that you might be onto something, that's not a trend. That's I don't know, whatever word you want to yeah apply. no no, no no okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, yeah there's it's, logic it's there's it's
0: logic, there's yeah, logic behind sure. there's logic behind the predictability of we can get the we next, can give a very we know, can give a very event. real.
1: We can give a very real example of this, like NBA back-to-backs, regular season. Like if it, it, is, it starts as a, as a nugget of like, hey, fade teams on back-to-backs, right? And then if you want to be you know, you know, diligent or you know, faithful to the, the data, go look at how a team on game two of a back-to-back, how far off of their median expectation are they performing? Is there a median shift? Like, are they literally, like, they're performing one standard deviation below expectation on average? Like, like that's valuable information, and now you actually know how to forward apply it because there's an entirely, you know, real possibility that the market knows that it's a back-to-back and has made some adjustment to their expected performance. And if they've made the correct adjustment, then you don't have an edge, right? And so, you know, that that's, that's kind of, like, how you take something, like, an idea like that in my opinion at least and and you actually kind of test it and, and then forward apply it um and i don't know how to do that with refs so i just stay away but let's talk a little bit more about yeah. the playoffs in this playoff well and I, I wanted to too, quickly uh, you know the other way yeah, too you,
0: you see people i've seen people that say like oh, i'm just gonna fade this and what you just said is where that goes wrong like if you if you can't find the you know the how to go forward with it. It turns out you don't have an edge on it. If you don't have an edge on it, you probably don't have an edge on the other side. You see people just like blindly fading this stuff too. Well, that's not, that's not betting with an edge. That's you're probably just <laughs> you're flipping a coin. You're, I mean, you're just yeah. flipping the coin too. You're, you're yeah. just right, right. In that break yeah, value in mark, value, anyway. value. Yeah.
2: Okay. yeah. A, a team playing on the back to back is obviously inferior to a team on rest. The team that, uh, a team that's down one game to nothing is going over. It's, it's not BS. Like, it's, yeah. zigzag is real. A team that yeah. lost the previous game overperformed. But if you're firing Thunder pick, that's not a good bet. Thunder plus two? Okay, that's probably a good bet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but the, and then, like Andy said, you get the people like, well, I'm going to fade that because it's <laughs> – but that's not true. Either. It is worth something. What is yeah. it worth? Yeah. and uh you know if and if you don't know if you are simply making bets based upon the game is tipping at noon and early games go under
1: yes you're like
2: cool that's fine but you're not you're not gonna win you're gonna lose like four and a half percent of your money (laughs) 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 yeah there
0: there are a hundred percent there are a hundred percent games where there's like especially once you get to game day and you have a closing number where there's, there might not be yeah. value on either side. Like also, you can't just say, well, yeah. oh, that and the other person's wrong and I'm right. No, it might just be, yeah. there's, there's not enough actionable value on either side of a game. And that's yeah. a Sp-
1: and spoon spoon. I got, I got news for you. You're not going to lose four and a half or stay money. You're going to lose it all because you're going to, you're <laughs> going to bet the under on the early game. It's going to go under and you're going to tell yourself that is why. And then you're gonna bet the next one, and it's gonna go under. And then you're gonna be like, I've got it figured out. And then you're gonna bet the next one, and it's gonna go over. And you're gonna be like, Ah, whatever variance. And then you're gonna bet the next five, and four of those are gonna go over. And you're gonna freaking double or triple your stakes because you're like, the streak's gotta end. The streak's gotta end.
2: And then you're gonna. There, be there really re- is nothing anime, more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> than a losing better who thinks you're he has due. an edge cuz like most yes. most yes. recreational players that know they're going to lose kind of like manage the money with yeah. the affection they lose but when you actually think you're going to win and you lose negative variance fire away yeah. yes. it's like you just keep digging <laughs> in dig it in betting more chasing and uh, yeah. yeah go until the, 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 the end uh, yeah the end is not pretty good. Yep. for sure okay
0: it's it's like the beauty of compound interest in reverse
2: well that's yeah like why does sports book like parlays Uh, yeah you uh you apply that you apply that negative edge to six bets instead of one (laughs) 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 uh
1: okay uh couple couple quick thoughts on uh uh, nba playoff uh, series betting philosophy um and just out of curiosity do you get involved in Series prices as often as game by game, or do you prefer game by game over series?
2: I'm going to say I prefer game by game simply as a uh, one. I mean, market liquidity, you're always going to have more ability to bet a game and ability to shop. I mean, if you have a good price on a series, it's probably available in one or two spots. Whereas, you know, if you think you have an edge on a game, I mean, you're always going to be able to bet whatever you want, but sometimes the prices of a series can just be totally
1: wrong, ludicrously to wrong. Sure, sure, sure. Um, did you get any Portland
2: Trailblazers series out of curiosity? You mean the team that outshoots the other one from literally every <laughs> position and yet was priced as a dog with home court? Yes, that's the <laughs> one. <laughs> as a, as it.
1: Yeah. Like going up against I, a superstar I mean, with, a, with, a, with a superstar kinda, can't lift, his, spoiled the can't answer lift his arm over his shoulder.
2: <laughs> sure. Let's yeah. talk about that yeah. series because, I mean, um, okay, Oklahoma City won all four regular season games, I, I, and the Blazers were trying rolling, – I'm rolling my eyes, which you can't see. The Blazers tried to duck them to play a better team and then a better team in the next round <laughs> in one of the most that was asinine so organizations. They so should have fired the entire organization. If I mean, if they no, yeah,
1: I that do you think that that was actually real? That that or
2: just somebody spinning bullshit? They they played five guys I'd never heard of forty minutes uh, against the Kings. Luckily, the Kings out tanked them when they came out in the second half and played five even worse guys uh, of was their they, own. Did the Kings score twenty five
1: yeah, no, points they, in the second half? What was this? That was one of the weirdest games I've seen all damn season.
2: Well, so I mean, both enough. teams are trying to lose, and yeah. Uh, was, okay. I mean they the Blazers lost all, they they don't like playing the Thunder. But the stupidest part was, I mean both games in Portland were close and they have had the lead against the Thunder in OKC halftime going into the fourth before melting. But like oh who I cares? remember it's those four games, sure. Yeah. It's four games. Who cares? I mean the Jazz are a better team than the Thunder. It's not even like they just are. The, the Jazz are the third best team in the Western Conference. They're better than the Thunder by a fair bit. And even, even the first round. As a Blazers fan, it doesn't matter. Like the first, they've been to the second round twice in the last five years. Winning the first round doesn't move the needle. But they haven't been to the conference finals in 19 years. And like I can say, the whole fan base would consider that to be. It, we all know you're going to lose to the Warriors. So it's like, why would you play them in the second round? You yeah. don't accomplish anything. You don't gain any goodwill. Set yourself up for the deepest front. and of course, there's some wacky outcome. They lose to the Rockets. Chris Paul blows his hammy. You have home court against them. You actually are live. You get to the finals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. always this. Always put off the strongest opponent possible because they can lose. They can get injured. Yes. Uh, Curry, Curry and Durant knock knees. You know, like yes. Hey, give yourself strong, those out. Strong don't degree. just punt. Don't just don't just punt because you don't like your Thunder matchup. And then of course they're winning anyway.
1: Yeah, strong agree. Strong agree. Okay. Uh yeah, I, I I was kind of blinded by Paul George kind of pulling out of that three out of his ass to beat the uh uh to beat the Rockets with uh, two games left to play. I was like, Oh, he's been milking this shoulder injury and he's been getting all this rest and he's gonna be ready to go in the playoffs, but he's clearly not right. Like there's Absolutely nothing about his game that inspires any confidence right now. And without him, the the uh, the Thunder are going to be lucky to get to game five, in my opinion. But what do I know?
2: Um, I, the, I, uh, I, I, Honestly, yeah. t- tell me tell me a position on the floor where the Thunder outshoot Portland given Paul George's shoulder injury. Uh, uh, I, like Lillard. None. Can, can, can we agree that Lillard is Lillard's better than Westbrook? I me, mean, like, the agree on backup this, is point is that... guard. I, I guess.
1: Who's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking. Well, the crazy. Yeah.
2: The Thunder's best shooters are Ferguson and yeah. uh, Jeremy Grant, but their usage yeah. rates are less than Dennis Schroeder and like the same as Morris. Which one do they yeah. have? Marquise.
1: Yeah. And uh,
2: like they don't, they don't have good usage rates for the guys who them? can shoot. <laughs> they have Westbrook shooting, yeah. uh, you know, 30% usage, but he Oof. can't shoot. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's it's like bad coaching meets bad roster composition meets injury to your best player, and uh, you know I mean they can still win the series, but this is not a team series in, in yep. any regard. I agree with you. Um,
1: okay, so the uh, the. Um... We'll we'll get into a couple more series where I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. Uh, but in general, uh, is it fair, philosophy-wise, to go into a series basically like you gotta assume you're getting hundred percent out of both teams at you know, relatively unless there's unequal rest. You gotta assume that they're you're getting hundred percent out of both teams in game one. Game two is all about kind of evaluating what the market how the market over and under reacts to certain things that you saw in game one. Game three is all about change of venue. And potentially motivational factors for a team that's down two nothing. Uh, and then game four is kind of situational in terms of what is the fabric of the series? Is it three nothing? Is it two one? You know, like what what is what are some potential motivational factors for game four? And then really games five, six, and seven all come down to what adjustments does team A and team B, what do they have in their toolbox on their arsenal? Like have they already used them? Right. Like, did they blow their biggest adjustment in game two? Uh, and now they're exposed. Now they've got nothing down the stretch. Did they, is there, is there a key injury that impacts the, you know, the potential for, for this down the home stretch? Uh, you know, how important is home court for the team? Those, those sort of questions. Is there anything else? Oh, just over the, the coaching of the
0: matchups too. Is,
1: coaching matchups. Once you sure, get,
0: once you sure. get down to so, five, six, seven, is like, so there's like a couple of shitty coaches out
2: playoff. Absolutely. Well, you're saying yeah. I'm mean, look at the difference between the Bucks this year and last year with uh, – I mean, they have better players, Brooke Lopez and uh, so on. But, I mean, are compared to the the guy that was their coach last year, uh, just absolutely – That guy. Can, can we can we get over – people think that, like, ZigZag or the team that lost before has something to do with motivation. It's the playoffs. Everybody's trying. Everybody wants yeah, to win. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it, it's applied because it's like when, when you win the first game, you don't come out changing the entire recipe that's like you're great, pretty much going to that is absolutely you correct. you, you yes. do what worked the other team whereas when you lose now you come up with the adjustments and then uh you know you're throwing a look at them that they haven't seen you're making the moves that's why coaching so important and but that's what zigzags based on it's not just like oh they really want it thank you. one exception yes. being game three then the venue change they want a the team it that's down yeah that's total bullshit but game three you will have especially in the first half. I mean, every, the team that's up 2-0 still wants to win, but it's just human physiology that, you know, you come home your first game, you have the, you know, you have the energy at your back and you're going to play your A plus game. And yeah. that's why you see those two teams vastly overperform any other situation. But that's sure. also, and like, why For do sure. I hope home teams are so dominant in game seven. It's kind of like, it's the purest situation you're ever going to get the, the chess moves have been played. You have nominally the better team. I mean, they have the higher seed, the better record, playing at home, A-plus effort. Like, that's just a spot the higher seed should win. It's not because they're playing at home or they want it more or anything. It's just they're a better team, better team playing yes, at home. Yes. It, all, all they the should win that game to, yes, 85% yeah. of the time. It's just how it is. Yeah,
1: okay. I like that. That's a very, very succinct uh, kind of summary, I, and I appreciate the correction and distinction of uh, – it's not motivational. It's entirely uh, kind of – I mean, it's motivational on the coaching staff, right? Like, the coaching staff has to decide which bolts they want to fire when, right? Like, they they have an arsenal. They have a set of moves. They have a set of players. And they kind of I'm, – I'm assuming. I've never been in a coaching room.
2: Uh, well, that's why you see, never, like, a yeah. lot – you but, know, yeah. later in the series, at some point you run out of moves. Like, okay, game some point two, you, you have run out of counters. Exactly. yeah, yeah. And then at the end, it's kind of like we, we, we use the counters that are good – we use the ones that are a wing and a prayer, and then eventually you just like you <laughs> are not as good, and you lose the series. Uh, unless yep. you know the two teams are super evenly matched, but there's only so much smoke and mirror in a seven-game series. You know, uh, there's only so much you can do to to pull it out with an uh, inferior roster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's unless talk about it's some, uh, yeah. unless it's Brad Stevens against Brett Brown, and then um, <laughs> you, just, you just win every game. I you just, know. You, every We're game is every game is. That, pl- though, huh? every game is close with two minutes left and then you just win every time because Brett Brown is a moron and Brad Stevens is good.
1: Brad Stevens is about to break my heart by coming up with exactly the right play to take this game to overtime and take it over the total today. So uh, with that said, uh, let's talk about some of the specific kind of team matchups and kind of the way that you think the, uh, these series round one series and and then the playoffs overall are going to shape up Um, the question. Everybody wants to know, uh, do the Warriors stand a chance against Brad
2: Stevens and the Celtics? I'm gonna say no. When um, you have a 67 win uh, talent like the Celtics playing, uh, play, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the better the better, Celtics, uh, the yeah. better prop is is either team going to to be there. Uh, the Celtics are, might be more likely than the Warriors.
1: Nice. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics season it really reminds me so much of season two of of uh, of The White Shadow. Uh, I mean, it's just, you can kind of feel the ebbs and flows and the way they had that that team meeting on that plane uh, when they flew to the West Coast.
2: The plane ride. <laughs> the, the, oh, ca- the, oh, ca- oh the plane ride.
1: Oh, my God. What a slip-up. Sc- the plane ride. Excuse me. The plane ride.
2: Thank really God the rest together. of the NBA has not discovered air travel yet because, I mean, when they start making those cross-country <laughs> trips via air, the, the Celtics edge in that regard will be gone. But for now, yeah, they look tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, in in seriousness, though, uh, the Celtics, uh, look at look what they did. They just uh, came up with the beautiful Gordon Hayward cutting layup to go up by three with 12 seconds ago. Uh, in seriousness, though, the Celtics uh, and, you know, kind of their overall fate in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they are clearly a team, in my opinion, that matches up very, very poorly against the Raptors and the strength of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, And they are a team that matches up favorably against the Bucks in my estimation. And that's mostly based on uh, you know, this is a this is really weak. This is maybe my weakest take of the entirety of the playoffs. Is that the Celtics are going to beat the yeah, Bucks in the next round? Um, but and it's and it's and it's kind of it's literally just a little bit of this kind of nonsense. Faith in Brad Stevens coming up with the right adjustments in a seven-game series to to eke out some wins that they shouldn't otherwise win, uh, and just the fact that Kyrie Irving at times is going to be the best player on the floor. Like as good as Giannis is, he's not as, you know, he's not a clutch shooter yet. He, we haven't seen him make, you know, clutch end of game shots or clutch end of game plays, in my opinion. Uh, and so I do think the Celtics are alive to to make it to the Eastern Conference finals where I think they can potentially get mashed by the Raptors. Um, how, how would you frame the Eastern Conference as you see it uh, playing out uh, today? I agree
2: with you. Good content, okay. right? Um, <laughs> I can you you, you basically yeah. no. I, I, can, can we like how much of these sports are matchup driven? I, I agree. I think yeah. the uh, yeah. Celtics. uh I mean, certainly not favored, but they are very live to beat Milwaukee. Uh, I think they'll beat Philly again if they matched up, but they would lose to Toronto. But Toronto's not a lock against Milwaukee, uh, so or or Philly it's just like so much yeah. of that
1: yeah that's a, yeah it's yeah.
2: matchup driven coach driven uh where you're strong where they're weak like like you said uh i mean the, the celtics have nothing to offer against Kawhi leonard against marcus so i mean it, it's, yeah, a bad, it's matchup. A bad yeah the, the i, I, I all. toronto, toronto the would the have Gasol home court i mean good. i feel like toronto would pretty easily smoke boston but this isn't me being you know just like rah rah toronto i don't know that Toronto's is going to uh I yeah. they think they'll handle Orlando, but I don't know that they're going to like win their other series.
1: So. Yeah. He, he, we, we don't know what Nick nurse has as far as a playoff coach. It, it, Absolutely. Is a I mean, a Toronto is such a
2: wild, such a wild. I mean, they're a good team. Well, mediocre teams. with Marta Rosa. but Like Casey <laughs> was, Casey was yeah. very McMillan S in that. I think he's a good coach to run your program. I, you know, good, you know, good defensive uh, fundamentals. They you know play hard. The system is good, but game to game adjustment, it's just not gonna be there. These yeah. guys aren't gonna like win playoff series. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They're built to win they're built to win fifty games, you know, in the regular season and, and have good records and be good teams.
1: But can the, I can uh, I ask okay so some as someone who's seen yeah, a lot outside of, your lot
2: outrights of- too
0: outside of your outrights well, yeah, 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 like yeah. I'm I have to. I don't have any <clears throat> I have zero liability on anything in the east. I just didn't touch it, so I'm cheering for your outrights. I'm cheering for these good like the the semifinals in the east are gonna be great. They're gonna be a great series. It's gonna be fun. But I am gonna. I have to almost just cheer for Toronto because, like, their fan base really, really, really believed in that team last year. Oh like, yeah. That yeah. was a, that was an absolute gutting. Like they, they just got gutted. I loved like I loved. It was like Aiden. watching your like car, a car wreck. It was like watching like watching your car. Yeah, watching was. their fans' reactions like at the, at the games like at the yeah. home games like what what is happening? This is terrible. It was yeah. it was something to behold. So, yeah, it might just be Toronto playoff time again. And,
2: they, and that, Cavs was,
0: that Cavs team was that
1: Cavs team was one of the worst teams. I mean, I it's tough to quantify them how bad that Indiana did. should really.
0: have. Indiana should have beaten the Cavs.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so uh, as someone who's watched a lot of playoffs and a lot of uh, NBA uh, and bet on a lot of playoffs in the NBA, spin uh, would it? I mean, like. It's it shouldn't be a shocking potential outcome for Giannis to truly emerge and kind of you know go. You know, he's obviously he made a leap this season, being you know taking over. Oh, you know I I would say rightfully the MVP, although it's hell of a hell of a lot closer than kind of the media will vote on it. I suspect, um, but you know Giannis clearly wins the MVP. There's a lot about the Bucks that kind of screams regular season team in terms of how they got it done, you know, and, and, you know, would it surprise you to see Giannis take an enormous leap and kind of single-handedly take the bucks, you know, into deep into a playoff run?
2: No, because their second round series is Austin, which is not like anything imposing so they can beat them. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's awesome. He's, he's uh, like you said, he'll probably win the MVP and they have good enough well, injuries are going to be there. You know, We'll see how, when they get guys like Brogdon back in this lineup. Are you but, respecting uh, I mean, I, li- I like the bu- – I will see. It makes a difference. It, it, it does, um, yeah. It definitely does. I mean, like, they're going to be – I mean, I make them a much more – he's so good at defense. Like, they're much more prohibitive favorite against Boston if you can put him on Kyrie. Um, so, it, it's a wild card. Yeah, Kyrie was a problem I mean, tonight. This is this is a pro. <laughs> this is a problem when uh, when you're He's the like. Did whole... you hear about the plan, Russ? <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, well, that's I why they're on like the 18 court. nothing run here. <laughs> when you're uh, yeah. when you're analyzing these things, it's like, well, the math says the. I mean, who's going to win the Eastern Conference? Well, I mean, Milwaukee. They're they have home court and they're going to be favored every series. So yes, that it's saying like you're basically just being contrarian or filling content picking against them. Like well, math. Uh, it's like, true. To, that it's might, true. If I have to bet my life, I'm going to bet on Milwaukee because I'm not just like that, fading the map. Yes. Yes. But yeah, they're they are by no means a uh, a lock. But they've been good. They've been good all year, and there there aren't a ton. Like I have more red flags with Toronto. I could see Toronto losing in the first round far more easily than I could see a team like Milwaukee. Like, they're they're so yeah. consistent. There's although they are somehow losing two right right now, but uh, <laughs> you know they're yeah. I just have yeah. more. I have more faith in this in this team that doesn't show all these weird red flags. And uh, you know, as you do in mean, Toronto, like anybody knows, uh, Philly and Brooklyn, uh, Philly's going to just stomp them. That's yeah. that's one where people overreact to the one game. Like, oh boy, maybe this is going to be a great series. I'm not oh great. man, the Brooklyn, Celtics. covered. Well, on the Celt- in the, Yeah,
1: um, the Celtics won by eight. Unfucking believable. I, I can't believe they pulled that off by eight. They covered. Yes.
0: Unreal. Unreal.
1: Yeah, if you I'm had sorry.
0: Celtics minus seven oh, or man.
1: whatever. If you had Celtics minus seven, go buy it. Yeah, go uh, go go. put that money – go roll that money into Tiger Woods' future. Um,
2: Brad,
1: okay. Brad Stevens. Get oh, please don't do that. Un- <laughs> unreal. Okay, excuse me. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. But that the fact that that came in on the number pretty much is, is wild. Um, anyway. The uh, the we well, yeah we have we have not seen the Bucks win a playoff series with they you know, as currently constituted they lose in the first round every year we haven't
2: seen them win a playoff series uh, since 2001
1: is that is that how far back it goes I didn't realize it was that f- yeah wow. yeah they have the
2: longest tra- they have the longest current you have not won a series as recently as you know the Kings the T Wolves or uh, the Supersonics I mean that's uh, pretty bad No, they have long strats 2001 I, wow. I think I think they're I think they'll be okay to snap that one. Uh yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Those are, I mean as constituted, it. you know, does does that does that failure carry over to this team, you know, like maybe the fans press a little bit. I think you see that with Toronto perpetually losing every game one. Uh you know, the fans just have that like here we go again when they're not blowing somebody out in the first half. Like, oh we're losing to Toronto by twenty. And uh, you know, you you get a little bit of that. Like, the fan base starts yelling at you, and then you have uh, guys who shouldn't be shooting, putting up the threes, pressing harder, taking bad offensive sets. Uh, I mean, they ultimately lost that game because they don't defend D.J. Augustine.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was, and and amazingly, too, because he's so much freaking small. When you have a size advantage on that guy, the way that the Raptors did, the fact that they let him get those those end-of-game buckets was just, that was like a gut punch. I could not believe that they did that. Um, I still think they pull it out in five or six. I, I hope at least. I don't really don't want to see the nerves in a game seven with that Raptors team. But uh, yeah, you're right. That's the, of the Eastern Conference matchups. That's clearly the tightest. Uh, and uh, you know, the Magic, uh, the Magic made us some money went in the uh, Southeast. So can't be too, uh, you know, can't be too down on them, I guess. But uh, they did it because they won the Southeast because of the way their schedule you know? broke. The, w- the way their schedule broke was yeah. so freaking lucky. And the way that the the Hornets. Ah, uh, the way that the NBA they the the NBA front loaded the Hornets with easy opponents uh, to get you know energy for that franchise heading into All Star break uh, in Charlotte. I I will go to my grave contending that they were you know given a a front loaded easy schedule so that they were in the playoff mix uh, come All Star break. Um,
2: How often but, does a Southeast Division team go on like a six game West Coast road trip in uh, yeah. April? <laughs> <laughs> it just yes. like doesn't really yes. happen, but is here.
1: No, 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 that's right. Um, so it's a you know I think that you know Orlando is fortuitous and you know they clearly put it together at the right you know it worked out that they put the, you know some some solid team play together at the right time to win that division. But um, you know I do think they're going to come up short in the in this Raptors series. Um, how about uh, how about the West? You mentioned that the Jazz is the third best team. I agree with you. Um, but they are up against the Rockets who do look damn formidable and who are probably the worst matchup for the jazz. Would you agree with those two
2: statements? Um, yeah absolutely. I, I this is a, a bad matchup for them as I mean, like I said at the very start, it's a little it's a little bit cheating to uh, record this uh, after they've already played the a game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I might I might have been a little more uh, yeah. bullish on on Utah beforehand, but uh, yeah, this has all the trappings of a five game series. I mean, they played last year, and Houston was laying six points in the games in Utah and uh, eleven and twelve in the games at home. It's not I one hundred percent the same. Yeah. It's not one hundred percent the same matchup, but uh, most of the. Biggest factors are still around. I mean, Houston's better. Houston has some court. They're <laughs> well, absolutely on fire, and they're going to yeah. win. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with you. Would you handicap Houston twenty nineteen Houston versus twenty eighteen Houston for mm-hmm. me? Uh, playoff, playoff Rockets. Uh, this team is, <laughs> is, is a is couple Chris, points does worse. Does Chris
2: Paul? Does Chris Paul? Does Chris Paul Hammy again? And uh,
1: this is pre, yeah in pre 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 Chris Paul Hammy, but post we, we, you know today's. Today, today's Chris Hi. Paul is a pretty
2: substantial I mean, downgrade as a player, in my opinion. But I don't know. Yeah, last year's roster uh, is is more overall talented, but they've gone gone even farther in the optimal direction of just shooting a three pointer every single possession. Uh, okay, so scheme wise, like, like scheme wise, they've evolved
1: positively. They, Player-wise, they pushed. They've the,
2: I mean, so. yeah, I, I think they. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think they pushed the envelope. <laughs> uh, even farther in that like they're never like schematically strategy wise this team is is really good uh so and that's good i mean very if your roster is worse and you're playing golden state you want to maximize variance and hopefully this time you don't miss 27 three-pointers in a row and you win they should have won last year
1: they should have they really should have I, I mean Chris per, Paul doesn't get
2: hurt, they win. If they don't miss two, <laughs> seven threes, or if they don't they're up sixteen at the end of the first quarter of game uh six. Like
1: yeah, they they
2: yeah. should have won that series and uh you know. I, yeah, so they, I think they, yeah, I, I They miss quite thing. a few they did it.
0: miss quite
2: a few threes. A, they made one at the start. So they didn't miss all be-
0: one, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was incredible so to see it play out, though. It was. It was like watching it again, like watching a car crash. You're like, this can't. They can't keep. They can't keep missing. They can't. They can't. This can't keep happening. And then by the time you looked up, it was twenty seven in a row. You were like, this is impossible, man. But uh, yeah, it was, that, was, that, was- well, that, that was the best a, part
0: uh, about gambling Twitter at the time. Everybody on gambling Twitter was like, well, just rockets live. Like they're gonna start making their threes. Just, uh, if the Rockets have twelve in a row, Rockets if the Rockets, if the Rockets have an
1: identity, they tend to flame out to burn out in most spectacular ways I can imagine. Like the pre- year, pre- the previous year when they flamed out against the Spurs, and you know James Harden went oh. from you know like James Harden literally went from an All Pro to like the twelfth man replacement player in the span of like an hour watching it on tv live in front of you, it was incredible and like and then last year with the 27 misses it was just crazy like are we is it just a matter of when are the rockets going to explode this year
2: sure uh, it's, it's no different than what we were talking about earlier with you know virginia it's like the, the is that predictive i i'm not no, i am yeah, not yeah. big I'm on the on. clutch choker yeah. labels i mean they they apply in spots but you know, generally, like just give me the talent. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not worried because Jane because he goes. You know, he no showed game six for a series. Like I don't think that means you have to be concerned that it's going to happen again. And he played well last year against them. They just missed a million shots in a row, and that's what they lost game one at home by a thousand. They lost game three by a thousand. They lost yeah. game six by a thousand. You don't have to win them. I mean, who cares? It's who okay cares? to. Yeah. It's a you you just win four games. You win four by one, and you lose three by thirty. You win the series. And, yeah, you uh, don't get brownie points for how much you win by, right? Hundred percent. You have a. You a, don't get brownie points. What, what do sort of you thing. feel like that? What do you feel like that series price uh, would be starting today? Obviously, if the if the Warriors go seven with the Clippers and they sweep the Jazz, it's going to make a difference. But like starting, they, let's say they they start playing in a couple days. What what is your serious price? Going to be uh, you? I'm
1: expecting Warriors minus three hundred ish with home oh. court. Yeah. Not much yeah that'd be my I'm guess saying, i mean fifty i it, and and uh a lot of that is based on protecting themselves and and having learned some hard lessons about lear, you know lining warriors series true in years past and getting absolutely licked um but i think a, tr- a true fair price is probably warriors minus. 220 250 ish. I'm guessing you'll see opening lines around minus 300, maybe more. Even well, what about you?
2: Uh, I it's weird because you know, like the public loves the favorites, but I think you'll see. I mean, from a bookmaker's perspective, I would expect to see Rockets money. Like, I think people are so fatigued and hate the Warriors enough that they want to believe that they can be beaten. And this Rockets team's probably like. Your best chance, certainly in the last, the best chance, and you'll see people taking that plus money on Houston. I do, so I think it would come down. But I mean, so what are you making the? Uh, what do you make the spread in Houston? I mean, uh, I guess you have. So you have the Rockets favored.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: by two, two and a half in Houston.
1: Small, small okay. home home favorites. Small, small home shock, and um, and I'm probably asking for. Seven in in Oakland in Game One, and then maybe six and a half, five in Game Two. Yeah. They're they're gonna they're to they'll, they'll they'll deflate that pretty quick if it's a competitive Game One, which I would expect that it would be. Um, but you know, it's it's also like. I don't. I have some pretty weak opinions about the Warriors this year. Last year, I was very strong on the Warriors that they were going to find a fifth gear in the playoffs and just blow people away. And the fact that they went seven against the Rockets, I was sweating some heavy positions on Warriors futures. Um, I don't feel that way about them as strongly this year. You know, and and this is stupid, obviously, and, and narrative driven. But clearly, Kevin Durant is going to New York. Like this isn't even really worth kind of spending all kinds of, you know, hand-wringing in the offseason. He sent his entire team there. Like they're they are moving the Kevin Durant brand operation to New York City and he intends to leave the Bay and go play for the Knicks, as far as I can tell. Uh, which to me is, you know, is somewhat concerning because, you know, he's gotten chips in, you know, in Oakland and you know, what is one more now on your way out the door mean to him when he just kind of wants the season to be over and move on to the next chapter. And, you know, you saw a lot of that with LeBron in, before he left Cleveland the first time going to Miami, he was mind made up. I'm going to Miami. And, you know, the, you know, when, when the going got tough against the Celtics in that series and they were clearly the better team and he was clearly the best player in that series, you know, he completely no-showed. And I, you know, I worry a little bit about Durant doing that to the Warriors. Uh, I think the Warriors clearly rely more on Steph Curry than they have uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, And so as long as he's kind of showing, you know, his, he can take his game up a level in the playoffs, which, you know, I I think he will be able to continue to show because I think he's, you know, he's maturing and getting to be even better player. Um, You know, I, I would say, you know, this, this is, the Warriors win it this year, it's on the back of kind of Curry carrying them uh, and Durant kind of not sabotaging them. Um, And I don't, I just, I don't know. There's more uncertainty around the Warriors this year than I, I think there were the last couple of years. Um, But uh which, but I really it is awesome
0: for some people narratives. who got down big on them early. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one year I get down on them, big, like I'm, and I was really excited. You know, I got a great number. I got like almost even money on Warriors championship. Well, you'll know it's sooner got than enough, later. You know, minus
1: if it makes you feel any better, you'll yeah. know soon. No, I than will. Later yeah, you'll, if you'll, you you'll get by the Rockets and Raptors. will. Uh, and it's freaking then it's then it is a victory lap yeah, basically.
0: crazy train biscuit wheels. But, but yeah, the one year where it's like, oh Durant doesn't care, and the boogie thing didn't really work, and... <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Boogie, okay. Uh,
1: and anyway, uh, what are, what is your two cents on the? Warriors I
0: might it might be better for them to be out. I am um, I think maybe it's better that he doesn't even play.
1: Yeah, no. The more minutes Bogut has, the better they're going to be at protecting the rim. Boogie was a defensive liability in the long term, but I don't. But I don't know if that matters in the Rocket series. Bitch. I really don't. I mean, Clay Capella is a dangerous yeah. offensive player in certain sets, but. But not uh, not enough to really uh, you know to lose sleep over, in my opinion. So I, I don't know what, what's your what's your two cents on the Warriors' spoon?
2: Mostly exactly what you said. I mean, I'm not. I would not be excited to lay a price against the field. They're they're certainly uh, not a lock to beat Houston. They're really not a lock to win the finals because they won't have home court. And uh, and the Western Conference Finals, sadly, is a relative walkover, which is unfortunate. Um, Yeah. 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 No, same thing. I mean, Kevin Durant has a foot out the door and uh, you, you did make a good point about that LeBron team when he was just like totally checked out and didn't care. And we don't exactly, I mean, Kevin Durant's clearly not the most, uh, you know, strongest willed uh, competitive spirit guy. (laughs) I mean, it's, you're not going out on a limb and being like, if he just said, screw this, uh, he's going to mail it in. But I mean, he's probably. I think he already uh, doesn't enjoy the fact that Curry is beloved and considered, you know, the face of the Warriors franchise relative to him. And he'll be just like, okay, you win it. Uh, nobody, nobody defends Draymond anymore, and I like it. So once you don't have, uh, I mean, their centers can't shoot, and they don't defend Draymond. Uh, yeah, those three guys are just absolutely awesome, world-class shooters. But when you have five guys cramping on three, you don't get those same look. And their bench sucks. It'll, you know, like we saw. Kevin Looney provided literally nothing, in that Clippers come back. Once once those guys got run off the court, it's just – I mean, by run off the court, I mean they got thrown out of the game. And you're just like, (laughs) you know, blowing – But I go both ways. You see a lot of people like, oh, they blew the 31-point lead, panic. uh, Clippers have the momentum. And people totally gloss over – Do you know what an ass-kicking you have to administer to build a 31-point lead in the third quarter? (laughs) Like (laughs) – you know, the people that want to bet on the yeah, yeah, and it I, was but you see this athlete, all the time and it where, was, where the and where the team was, where the team comes back from the huge deficit and then you know, the the squares or the narratives of like the momentum like hey, don't forget the uh, twenty nine minutes of game time that this series <laughs> looked exactly like we thought it would. I mean, the Warriors yeah. are better. They fell asleep. They missed shots. They whatever the hell happened there. But if they play over and over again, which in the playoffs you do, the Warriors are going to assert that massive edge in every phase of the game, and they're going to beat the shit out of them over and over. Yeah, they're probably not. Was- I just you know give give some people just totally underestimate the whole. They built the 31 point lead part because it's so much more fun to focus on the the comeback. Uh, but like the true talent more lies in the. 31 point lead, then he come back. Yeah. I, and I mean, watching the game, like I did the math a couple times
1: in my head, like, wow, this is a blowout. What's the, and, and like I, every time I did the math in my head, I was surprised it wasn't more. Like it was that lopsided for the entire first two and a half quarters. And then yet, uh, and yet, you know, a couple of, couple of weird bounces and, you know, a little bit of a laxadaisical, you know, five <laughs> minutes and it's a competitive game and the momentum really, really impacted them. In a way that I haven't seen in a while. But yeah, it's you a guys, game of you runs. guys,
0: specific, specific time, man. I would I it's a game of runs. yeah. I had to wake up and I had to wake up and figure out what the fuck happened. That was. Yeah. There's been a couple games like that. The the Spurs Nuggets game, and honestly, like wh- whatever you want to say about those games, straight up, like the Pacers were up with like a minute to play and didn't cover. Like, I'm still just looking at that box I, show right now. Yeah, I they were didn't down... They didn't cover three, a seven and a half. The, yeah.
2: I think they were down three with the ball with less than 20 seconds left and <laughs> and pushed on the eight. That's kind no, yeah, of hard yeah. to do. It is. It's very hard. Uh, oh, it's impressive God. almost.
1: Brad Stevens is that godly. Uh, I'm not
0: even mad!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. Hey, uh, yeah, that's why that's why uh, that's why the playoffs is, is a wild animal man um, okay so the um you know, and after all that me, screen after screen. all that me making fun of how the lines are always terrible it lands right on the number um, okay anyway the uh, the last little quadrant we haven't given a ton of uh, shine to contains probably the closest matchup of the of the playoff series and that is the uh, the nuggets and the Spurs um, Nuggets bet, better roster less experience coach doesn't really know what he's doing yet uh players a little bit hot mm-hmm. and cold you know higher variance performance on a player by player basis uh going up against a team that is you know is not as specially talented uh but has coach popovich uh is you know is, is there a uh you know is this a coin a, as much of a coin flip as it looks on paper right now as, as you handicap the spurs nugs
2: i've been kind of wrong every step of the way so far I, I thought, I thought the Nuggets were going to be better than what they showed. them. I mean, they blew that thirty-point halftime lead to Detroit and won, you know, by like two or whatever. They lost to the Wizards. That back to back they're playing the T Wolves in a back-to-back in Denver and just like the G League team and aren't even winning. It's every red flag in the world. But I was like, this is you know, it's a good roster. Spurs suck. <laughs> like they're. They're favored for about, you know, they should be favored, not not a big, you know, like this should be a, a five game Denver win, and then they just no, all the all of those red flags carried right over into game one. They sucked. Game two, they're like the most shook two seed in history. I'm thinking like Spurs sweep, and uh, I had I had San Antonio in game two, and uh, you're like, oh, you want to you, you betting Denver at halftime or something like? Absolutely not. They're done. Uh, you know, the the elevation thing is not going to be a factor. I mean, Denver's second half at home is always good, but it's like Spurs have been there for four days. That's mitigated. This is just a, a mismatch somehow. Denver's done. And then, you know, they went by nine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's really the hardest series. Beat series beat to, too. Oh, <laughs> that was a bad one, Oh, it, it, it was, a, was real a bad
2: one, I mean, the series is just, I mean, it's so underwhelming. So, underwhel- so underwhelming. You know, yeah, two always win. Then they're 65 and 5 all time. Denver should find a way to win this series, but like, oh, yeah, it's just who cares? <laughs> it's yeah. sad to say. <laughs> okay, uh, so
1: if you're looking at everything you said, you're talking,
2: yeah. uh, your you're, Popovich thing is big. I think Popovich is a little more uh, mentally checked out than uh, might be okay. uh, considered I that. by. by uh, I, I'd be surprised. He may <laughs> retire after this year. Hey, his- he's kind of done some. His fourth he's quarter his things. fourth quarter antics yesterday were not, not normal.
1: Like, I, I, a coach that doesn't have he's the gravitas just, and the esteem of Popovich gets killed for what he did in the fourth quarter yesterday.
2: He's made moves this year. He's made – like, strategically. He's just – like, he's been yeah. a little uh, – you know, I mean, hey, he's old. He's, he lost his wife last year. Uh, he's got the Olympic coaching thing that uh, – yeah, I don't know how much he, he's just hanging on to. It, it, all the good players are gone. Like, the Spurs aren't going to win a title again anytime soon. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how How much of, like, the Popovich effect is necessarily still there relative to, like, 10 years ago, where he was the best of the world. And uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're, we're in agreement on that. Uh, let's so last, last, last point, then. let's end it, let's end it on a really positive note here. Uh, trailblazers, Western conference
2: finals. Is this really going to happen? Uh, no, because usually the things <laughs> don't happen to me in that respect. <laughs> Dame no, Lillard, they'll blow, they're going to, the they're
1: going to blow yes, the, they're oh, going to blow man.
2: the three nothing lead to, to the, uh, to the supersonics and piss everybody at the Northwest off.
1: Oh no way! No way, dude. Uh, Dame Lillard look looks like he has done a good job of managing his effort from beginning to end of season. I have to say, um, I, I, thought, I don't remember
2: who said it. Can I? Uh, can I get you yeah, like this? Somebody said it on Twitter, and it was such a good point. Like, so anybody you ask is going to say Anthony Davis is better than Damian Lillard. That's like not debatable. Yes, but Anthony Davis, I, what, the Pelicans have made the playoffs, I believe, twice. And, uh, you know, one of them, they were an eight seed and got swept. And then last year was a good run. And the Blazers have been in the playoffs for six straight years, a couple second round runs, multiple three seeds. And that's not like he's had these awesome supporting casts. And is Willard the most underrated player around? Just The, guy, oh, the, the Blazers wow. come out with a season win. The Blazers' season win total every year is 40. And then they win 50. And nobody I mean, really yeah, ever yeah. seems to care. And this isn't it's, some loaded roster. I mean, it's just like the guy's so underappreciated. I'm watching them as a fan, and like, I want to make it my. It's not that dissimilar from watching the Warriors and Steph Curry out there. Like, when this guy shoots, you feel like it's going in, no matter what. From the logo, spinning shots, crazy shit. And like, the guy just knocks these things down. And that's such a unique talent, and he's so good. He's, he's not a great defender, but. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah. He's, I mean he's yeah, he's, he's, he's up, up there. Oh,
0: it's kinda of like he's the it's the West Coast thing that people don't people don't pay attention to some of the West Coast ball like, except for yeah. like the Warriors because they have championships. Or you know, you have the Lakers with all the history and they're the Lakers with all the drama, but like they kinda get lost in the West Coast there. They're just yeah. a like a really good Kings team. Yeah, no. At, at the top of the at the top of my list of
1: underrated guys across the league, definitely uh, Dame Dame Lillard and uh, Jason Tatum. You know, one, two in some order, right? I mean, that's uh, that's it. Uh, Tatum,
2: Tatum, so <laughs> Tatum, so rarely gets the credit
1: credit that's uh, that's due to him. <laughs> that was a sarcastic for those who don't get the inside jokes about uh, some of the uh, green t- green teamers. Uh, anyway, um, no, in Phil in, in, Simmons, in it's so number, seven, uh, number
2: seven, number uh, seven con number seven asset in the NBA. Oh, the best. Uh, it was like his ceiling. Yeah. Tatum was, I don't know, like second team, all NBA or second best player all time or something like that. And Pascal Siakam was his ceiling starter for a playoff team. It's good to see that Pascal Siakam wow. has already has already reached his potential. I mean, if, 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 uh, obviously Tatum's That's... younger and all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, he's better for a Franchise, but if you ask the Raptors if they would trade them for Siakam for I don't think this, they, I this don't, for this I don't, playoff I don't, run, I don't know if this I do long term. Never. I
1: don't know if I do it long term. Siakam made such a marketable improvement, and he's still so young, and his role is still being defined. From like a guy that was nothing was expected to him to a guy that could be the legitimate number two on an Eastern Conference championship team. I, I mean, I I don't know if I make that deal long term. Siakam is a guy that I I really have a lot of uh, a lot of I have high hopes for him. I mean, you know, his his game is still sloppy and improved. You know, he's he's still kind of getting his legs under him. He looks like a baby deer out there sometimes. But um, but yeah, huh. I I but T- Tatum's Tatum's ceiling to me is is substantially lower. Uh, but uh, nah, I don't know about substantially lower, but sometimes, it's lower.
0: Sometimes I think that Simmons is a closet Celtics man. <laughs>
2: It,
1: you might be out of
0: something. Just the
2: way he does. Yeah. Um uh, it now speaking of like efficient markets, is is it like too, is it a hot take? Is it absolutely am I crazy to think that part or maybe most of the reason the Celtics were so laughably priced, like two to one favorites to win the East and is actually because the most prominent sports media personality covering or oh, one, one is taken yeah. seriously, you know, not I'm not gonna like, yeah. skip Bayless or something. Yeah, was yeah. so bullish on the Celtics, and such a Celtics <laughs> fan, and yeah. it's actually, like, people Move perceive markets. that he's an NBA expert, and that is why they were, I mean, how would you look at these teams and think they were a favorite over the field to Philly, Toronto, uh, Milwaukee? And, uh, both, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. insane. And yeah. yet they were, hey, you know, I mean, you could bet money on it, so how wrong could it be? But I, I believe in my heart of hearts that That actually was a factor, which is totally insane. But I I don't actually
1: no no I I I don't I I disagree that helped that just helped your
0: Toronto
2: price.
1: Yeah no no it's it it is it is a sane take. It's not a hot take because and you you probably know this. Like where do you get good gambling entertain you know infotainment about the NBA? It just doesn't exist. There's no one out there that's doing like especially good, useful handicapping. Uh, you know, homework and providing it to you for the NBA. Like the best you can find are people who like really understand the game well, and like and break down specific matchups and stuff but it takes a hell of a lot of work to decode that and incorporate that into a handicap and so like if you're just someone who's like into gambling because of the nfl and like the nba season's about to start you're listening to simmons and cousin sal you know guest lines every monday morning like you're in, you're you're definitely tuning into the uh to the over under you know potty does with joe house you know you're definitely tuning in and you know, probably taking some action. And for sure, his position was extremely bullish on the Celtics preseason. You combine that with the fact that they were the Eastern Conference runner-ups last year without Kyrie Irving. LeBron's gone. Kyrie Irving's now incorporated. They have unreal realistic expectations of the player that Gordon Hayward's going to be. All, all of this was a perfect storm this year, for sure. And I, I wouldn't at all think that it was a silly or hot take to say that Simmons was kind of driving that boat. But but what do I'm, do I know?
2: Be I'm not glad I'm not alone here on <laughs> yeah. Spoon Island, as they would say. <laughs> well,
1: the uh, the Bucks ahead. pulled it together. They won the third quarter by like 25 points. Yeah, they're kicking the shit um, out of them. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, I think the Bucks are finally going to win this playoff series. That's going to be a good one to to put to bed. Whether or not that uh, propels them into a uh, a competitive matchups with the Celtics in round two, we will see. Um, I guess. If you, ha- I mean, you know, betting interest aside, just as a fan of basketball, what's your, how does, how did, do, how do the playoffs play out, uh, you know, from your, you know, what, what is the ideal outcome, uh, Eastern and Western Conference Finals and then the NBA Finals?
2: What do I want to see? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Toronto and uh, Golden, Houston, Portland. Houston, Portland.
1: that will be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I hope we get that. I kind of I I am not a, I'm, I'd lose I you know, money. Like, I'd
0: lose money but I'd watch. It. <laughs> it like, be, those are it good matchups. Be,
1: it would be cool to see the Blazers just <laughs> make the Western Conference finals. Absolutely that would be cool. And It would be cool to see James Harden slay the dragon uh especially given that uh you know we think things are going to I mean, it's going to be weird. Uh, the, Next year's going to be State weird. Ti- Golden State not winning
2: the Golden State not winning the title as long as it's not Boston lose to is just like Nirvana, and then uh, <laughs> you know, any, anything yeah. else that's not Boston winning is is fine. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. there's yeah. not a lot of there's not a lot of hate in there. You know, you don't get the, the New York markets, the Lakers. Uh, you know, you don't have a lot of the community hatred other than the Warriors. Yeah. And probably Boston. Yeah, dip, dip. I think a, a, a lot of, a lot of the Celtics media fatigue that gets lumped onto Boston. Uh, um, but otherwise, you know, who, who, who hates the Blazers? Who hates the Rockets? Who hates the uh, Nuggets? You know, like, yeah, Pretty, pretty unobjectionable right. teams.
1: Agreed. China loves the Rockets. Pretty the NBA man. wouldn't mind the Rockets in the finals. I could tell you that much. Um, the uh, very, very, very last question I promise here for Andy, who has a big position on the Warriors. Uh, What do we expect in a game one Rockets-Warriors? Because I got a funny feeling you're going to get a damn decent price on the Rockets series if the Warriors win game one convincingly. Is that that, uh, an outcome that we would consider likely? And is that the right time to hedge a Warriors future if you have one?
2: Um, yeah, probably for the, for the exact hedging. reason I mentioned earlier, I think, I think that's going to be one of, like I said, that's going to be like the barbell outcomes of the Rockets can look so bad when they're not hitting, uh, that they're going to, they're going to lose a game in that series by, you know, 30. And, uh, coming in with the, with the Rockets action after 30. that one, because it's going to have no predictive value. I mean, the Rockets <laughs> are going to hit or they're not, and they're going to lose by 30 or they're going to win uh, a close game.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right, well, thank you so much for your time. Let's yeah, wrap this up. I don't up. know if this I'm – <clears throat> like, You're this right about edging. Like, like, that's
0: that's the spot to do it, but fuck. Yeah. That's going to be such a good matchup. I'm just excited to watch that. There's going to be some great matchups. It's going to be a good – playoffs are always fun. Like, this is, <laughs> is going to be a solid one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. All right, thank you for your time. And uh, best of luck these series, you know, these, uh, these playoffs, uh, you get a newfound uh, Blazers fan. I'll be pulling for you. Uh, and um, you know, it's a, uh, let's, let's see some, uh, let's get let's, get, let's just get the Raptors to win the Eastern conference, please. If I, if I could hit the, the magic, the, I, I told Andy this a couple weeks ago, but it was basically like the rest of my NBA betting of the entire 2018, 19 season will be, you know, kind of, you know, for fun, if if we hit this magic, one the southeast and the Raptors win the Eastern Conference, like that's kind of all I really care about at this point. So let's go Raps! Don't fuck this up, uh, Spoon. Thanks again. Enjoy your life in Vegas and being thanks in a player. Right? And yeah. Uh, yeah, this summer, if there's something interesting NBA going on, you better believe you'll hear from us uh, to to get some perspective on it. So uh, appreciate it as always, and uh, best of luck.
2: Right. Thanks, man.